Hi everyone, it's Jack. This week we watched Jonathan Pye's American Pie, his show for the BBC, and also some of his latest stand-up show, and one of his YouTube videos. I'm sure you're aware of Jonathan Pye's stance on no platforming, that it's bad. So... I just thought I'd let you know, we've made a stylistic choice in this episode not to include any clips of Jonathan Pye material, and instead have replaced it with equally apposite clips from the films of Clint Eastwood. Thanks, comrades. Enjoy the show. Opposing the government and opposing the Conservatives, I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left. And of course, we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any who dissent. Who are the hard left, Chris? Well, we know who the hard who? left are. In the you know ascendancy I, I, within the within the Labour Party, who associate with the hard left. You just said so that we were right, to right wing hard left agenda. Printing money, nationalisation without compensation, that's a hard left wing position. Hard left, the 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 hard left, hard left, hard left, the hard left, the hard left, 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 the hard left, 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 we watched a television programme on the BBC. Yes, we did. The further cemented uh, why you shouldn't pay the licence fee. <laughs> um, well... Yeah, so... <laughs> what was it? So, what uh, the fuck was this piece of Our listeners are aware, I have sort of hard-line right-wing libertarian views. Um, because of you watching all of Clint Eastwood's films recently. I'm, Clint Eastwood is not just one of my favourite filmmakers, but also, in my view, a political sage. Um <laughs> Right now, I see the chair in the corner of the room, I'm, and I'm, I'm I'm squinting at it in that kind of malevolent Clintian way. But uh, of course, yes, I have extreme anti-government libertarian views. Governments don't live together. People live together. Governments, you don't always get a fair word or a fair fight. Well, I've come here to give you either one or get either one from you. And I'm saying that men can live together without butchering one another. It's said that governments are achieved by the double tongues. And I would say that one of the primary reasons why I believe fundamentally that taxation is theft is the fact that, you know, that, that, that those shiftless government bureaucrats just end up pissing it away on um, something like uh, uh, Jonathan Pye, uh, what's it called, Ed Balls in Trump lands, um, Jonathan... Um, Tom? Jonathan Pye in the US or whatever it was fucking called. Jonathan Pye. Because there's two. There's the stand-up you can watch on BBC iPlayer. Yes. Or you can watch. Which we've got muted on the TV as we speak. Yes, he's doing stand-up. And I believe this live show came to the theatre where I work at. Were you there? I was there during the show. I wasn't stewarding, but I could hear some of what was going on. And it sounded pretty terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how does it compare to the Jim Davidson show that rocked up to your local, <laughs> local theatre? You did have a Jim Davidson show, didn't you? Oh, God. Roy Chubby Brown, was it? 
I don't know. Not one of the lads, not, you know. Not, Ricky uh, Gervais, one of them. Andrew Lawrence came to the theatre. Oh, another one of the right-wing comedians. Yes, the member of UKIP, Andrew Lawrence. Well, you know, I, th- I think it's <laughs> with, good. With but... fellow members, uh, fucking <laughs> Milo and fucking Saganovacan. <laughs> I mean, yeah, personally, I think it's good that we're getting a bit more of a diverse comedy scene. Of course, I'm not talking about diversity in terms of race, gender. None of that matters in a meritocratic society. I'm talking about diverse in terms of, of course, we're now getting more comedians who are, you know, outside of the left-wing liberal bubble. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, what's a movie tradesman doing uh, out here? You know, they're all left-wingers out there, left of Lenin. Comedians with right-wing views, like, what's his name? Um, Cultural Marxism. Lee Hurst. Yes, yeah. Has sort of taken over. Exactly. Um, Gone are the days when Jim Davison could do his pantomimes, like Cinderella, with emphasis on the sin. Or... Roy Chubby Brown. Yeah, or I mean, Jeff you have to say the classics. Roy Chubby Brown, Jim Davidson, Ricky Gervais. And, of course, now entering into that pantheon, we have Jonathan Pye. Yes, Jonathan Pye, a creation of a spiked writer. A bad Tom, Tom Walker. Yeah. And, yes, a spiked writer, Andrew Doyle. So let's just have a little cursory search to see what kind of things Andrew Doyle has done. Andrew Doyle is a spiked columnist. Louis C.K. versus the new Pearl Clutches. So, I mean, if you were wondering why Jonathan Pye's latest video, as of recording, is a snappy defence of Louis C.K.'s comeback show, and if, of course it's a whole sort of thing like, I'm not defending him for wanking off at women, what I'm doing is defending him for making offensive jokes, and it's pretty typical because most people would just think, well, you know, I don't give a fuck about this guy making offensive jokes. I guess they would make the argument that it's bigger than Louis C.K., but it still seems like an odd hill to die on. Uh, Anyway, a sample of Andrew Doyle's other articles for the Koch brother-funded ultra-anti-government libertarian... In fact, like, obviously, with my recent political conversions, I I write for them now. Um, Yeah, you've got a hefty contract with them now. Spiked, yeah, 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 yeah. You can see my latest article, something, something, Islam, political correct. Correctness, uh, cucks. Um, <laughs> I write what I love and all I get is a fat word put on me. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's very much like the latest season of Kirby Enthusiasm, my life in general, hanging with, with Salman. But um, to, to continue, uh, let's make free speech the great cause of 2019 was one. On Liberty. An antidote to identitarianism. Oh, I am off of course. The rise of the mind reading left. <laughs> Can it's basically it... minority report. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, too much of a focus on the minorities in, in these guys' views as we'll, uh, as we'll get on to. But uh, another one, accompanied by a picture of the subject of the iconic real politic influenced Ariana Grande song. Thank you, next. Uh, uh, it's Ariana Grande, isn't it? Ariana Grande. Ari- I was about to say. Ariana Grande's song, Thank You, Next. It's me correcting you for one song. Uh, sure thing. Pete Davidson. There's a picture of him on an article called Can Anyone Take a Joke? Furthermore, Meeting Count Dankula. <laughs> Furthermore, <laughs> The Stupidity of Modern Anti-Racism. 
scrapping with ghosts, which given the picture is a big a rally with big Nazis outside and it looks like Antifa, I imagine it's saying the Antifa people are fighting a kind of imaginary enemy. I will not be clicking on it to investigate. <laughs> the death of Godfrey Elfwick, some nerd who I think got me too to something. Gender is more than a social construct. All right, so TERFs as well. God, I'm waiting to see where the Breitbart logo is going to come out. Yeah, up. well, you know <laughs> what? But in my view, vis-a-vis this gender is more than a social contract article, is actually my idea of edgy contrarianism is to hold exactly the same views on gender as the majority of writers at the Times, The Guardian, The New Statesman, and probably The Daily Mail, The Sun, and Breitbart. <laughs> yeah, The Day for Freedom was not a far-right rally. I think The Day for Freedom was a Tommy Robinson thing. Michelle Wolf and the rise of right-wing snowflakes. So, so I think that, see, that's an interesting thing because a lot of the people who defend the kind of lame reactionary comedians like Jonathan Pye, for their offensive things they say, they didn't defend Michelle Wolf when she did a stand-up routine taking the piss out of Trump. And I imagine Andrew Doyle is saying, hey, look, actually free speech man free speech so there you go Uh, and a couple more one with a picture of Count Dankula let's stand up for the right to be offensive and another one with a picture of Count Dankula called free Count Dankula to give you an idea of, of what Spike put out. Yeah, let's stop at the start of 2018, but there's a couple more. Suing stand-ups for latest free speech battle. Labour needs to drop identity politics. Why the modern left loves shutting down debate, which has a picture of Richard Spencer getting punched, and on the self-destructive left. So, I mean, that's just a, a, you know, a little indication of where Jonathan Pye co-writer Andrew Doyle's politics are coming from. Tom Walker is the guy who co-wrote it. Who actually actually plays Jonathan Pye, yeah. So when did you first encounter Jonathan Pye? The reason I don't use Facebook that much more, his videos have usually been shared into my feed. Mm. And from what I'm aware of the character, they started off as very short, two, three-minute vox pops, where the premise of the character would be that he's kind of presenting and his recording's going to cut off for the rest of the broadcast to go somewhere else. And then, of course, he actually explains what he really thinks on the topic at hand, where he just goes into a tirade and just dismantles the question at hand or just he he James O'Brien's it basically yeah 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 exactly Corbyn has all the moral fortitude of a Kit Kat yeah basically so apparently (laughs) Jonathan Pye released his first spoof news report just after the election of Jeremy Corbyn as the leader of the Labour Party, responding to mainstream media reports that gave particular weight to Corbyn's past relationship with Diane Abbott. Now, I haven't seen the video in question, but that's quite interesting because Diane Abbott isn't the kind of figure you imagine 2019's Jonathan Pye being a huge fan of, really. No. You imagine he might reference her nowadays kind of in the context of... uh, Mathematics. Yes, that's uh, where they. That's where most of the criticisms usually kind of stem from. Yeah. Kind of, you know, she can't add up numbers. You know, literally same old fucking rehashed attack line that's used against Auntie Diane. But it does speak to something interesting about Pi, which I think is that when I first encountered him, which would have been mid twenty sixteen, probably during the coup against Corbyn, he seemed like he was coming from a reasonably left wing place. I mean, I had aesthetic issues with it back then. I did. I'm not just talking about his horrible greasy hair 
I mean, I, I, I just didn't, I didn't like the whole way it was presented. I, di- I didn't find it funny, etc. And I didn't find it so much insightful. But I thought, okay, this is come from an all right place. I don't yeah. despise my friends yeah. who are watching this. Because a lot of people on the left, I think, did initially watch it until you dug deeper into it and saw the wider agenda it was going to start tapping into. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously he got his start in a media outlet of some repute in Russia today. But this is very important. You must think in Russian. You cannot think in English and transpose. You must think in Russian. Do you think you can do that, Mr. Kent? Yes, I can. Yeah. Like, of course, we don't work for Russia today, but we've both got the same parent organisation. Yeah, exactly. The um, funding sort of comes through the same channels. And exactly, all. yeah. And he worked for Russia today for several months before leaving in July 2016. And that would have been probably just about when I first heard of him. Time but, to take this show on the road. <laughs> but from late 2016 onwards, there seemed to be a kind of overtly reactionary turn in what he's talking yes. about and it seems to become much more about political correctness gone mad if a pussy generation yeah. sorry we've been watching a lot of Clint Eastwood a lot of Clint Eastwood yeah and of course we're living sort of a more of a pussy generation now where everybody's kind of going wow how do we handle it psychologically now where in those <laughs> days you just say hey shut up you punch the guy would you say is this at the time when the other writer came on board then to help out with it or is that writer from Spike always been involved with the Jonathan Pike character? I'm not sure. I think maybe at first it was just Tom Walker because it says it was created and played by British actor and comedian Tom Walker who co-writes the character with comedian and journalist Andrew Doyle. Now, I mean, just the way that's phrased suggests to me... My theory would be that based on that turn, that Spike writer came in a bit later. But I don't know, because the first few couple and stuff like that... Inspires it. You thought initially that it came from a good place when you see the first few and stuff, and then of course, as it's gone along, it's you're like, oh, so okay, okay, I can see where this is. Yeah, I found an interview with Tom Walker, aka Jonathan Pye, from November 2015. So very soon after he, you've had to go onto the fucking uh, to the web archive. Yeah, but it's it's just linked on Wikipedia, so I haven't gone too far. There's no mention of Andrew Doyle in here. So it must have been later that he brought the co-writer on. Because, of course, in 2016, this is when he starts to take the character onto stage. And yeah. does a tour where, as he explains at the beginning of this televised version that we've got on in the background now, it's a combination, in his view, of a bit of Jeremy... Not Jeremy Carr, it's kind of like Andrew Marr, a bit of daily politics. What do you of. say, like, Nick Robinson stroke Andrew Marr? And That's then it, yeah, he, he yeah. was like, no pun intended... Because Andrew Marr had a stroke, get it? Get it, yeah. It describes him in this article as something of a cross between an irate Jeremy Paxman and Peter Capaldi's Malcolm McDowell. <laughs> in the thick of it. He says that the motivating factor for starting doing the Jonathan Pye videos was that Jeremy Corbyn had just been elected leader of the opposition. The day after he was elected, the wave of press just pounced on him with what to me were blatant fucking lies. I got really annoyed by it. And I rarely get that annoyed by politics, or not by politics, but by the ridiculousness of the British press. So, I mean, that's all quite relatable, really, that. Because that's kind of why we 
started doing what we started doing with the show. I mean, obviously it was more film focused at first, but pure frustration at politics and a right wing slant in the media and, oh, and we, the left. We went off into two very different directions. We, we took different paths. There was a fork in the road and we both had different ideas of which way we should go. We actually toured the road together. That's <laughs> John, and Jonathan Pye. We toured the road together. Yeah, we, we co-wrote the early stuff. But, we were uh, like the clashed and he was like John Lydon just saying, I fucking hate everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know where that's going, but you know what? You take that, you can have that free. Well, you know, I guess then I'm it's sort of like up. the jam in that I'm more of a kind of traditional conservative, kind of uh, one nation, moderate kind of thing. <laughs> like the jam, who voted, of course, for Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> so, yeah, Jonathan Pye, anyway, somewhere along the way, he got this really reactionary cunt to co write all his stuff, and it just became all like the bloody feminazis. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> it, just, it just became like that clip from one of the Dirty Harry sequels you showed me, which was like, Dirty Harry shows the feminazis what's what. Yeah, as we pointed out before on the show, the alt right and that cottery love to upload videos with some of the most ridiculous video titles like John Peterson dismantles Helen Lewis and oh, so yeah, ridiculous I stuff like that. I found that I had something very, very fascist of my YouTube suggestions after we watched that Clint Eastwood video yesterday. Yeah, the Clint yeah, Eastwood. So thank you. <laughs> We're told to be here at nine o'clock. We have fifty officers out there to test. For how many vacancies? Eight. We have five men and three women. Promoted to inspector out of this group. Three women. Do you object, Inspector? Now, who might you be? Oh, this is Ms. Grave, the mayor's staff. She's here to monitor these examinations. Uh, this is Inspector Callahan. Oh, yes, I know something of Inspector Callahan. And I'd like to tell you, Inspector, it is the mayor's intention that this department be brought more into line with the mainstream of 20th century thought. Just how does he figure to do that? Mrs. Gray. Well, for, for one thing, his honor intends to uh, broaden the areas of participation for women in the police force. That sounds very stylish. I wanted to show Jack the clip because we were talking about the very uh, complex politics of Clint Eastwood. My politically unproblematic fave. <laughs> yeah. Someone's taken a clip from the third Dirty Harry film, The Enforcer, and it's a scene from the film when a woman police officer, she's going for her final test to go out onto the street, isn't she? Yeah, but here you go, the soulless bureaucrats have already told Clint Eastwood that three of the people who get the job are going to have to be women. And Clint is just like... Annoyed because she hasn't had the experience, she hasn't even fired the gun, and he's so pissed off about everything. And then he goes off on a tirade about women's quotas and feminism and just yeah. like... So the alt right have obviously gone, oh, this is perfect. I'm going to take this, repackage it. And... I've never made a misdemeanor arrest either. <clears throat> then what the hell gives you the right to become an inspector when there's men have been out there on the street for 10 or 15 years? The woman's place is in the home. Is that what you're trying to say? What do you think this is, some kind of encounter group? I want to know what Officer Moore is going to do when somebody points a gun at her and says, Hit the deck, you son of a bitch! You're just deliberately trying to fail this candidate, aren't you, Callahan? Well, if she fails out there, she gets her ass blown off. It's my ass. And, uh, my hard luck. Except that out there, you're going to have a partner. And if you get blown away, he gets blown away with you. And that's a hell of a price to pay for being stylish. 
Yeah, it's yeah, very much along the lines of something Andrew Doyle might write for Spiked about how you know the 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 the, the, the uh, I I I do not have a slot on the BBC apart from the Jonathan Pye slots that I co-write because women well I'm much funnier than them actually they get to go on if you think about it actually the fact that I have to uh, churn out shit articles. For Spike magazine and co-write Jonathan Pye stuff is actually because Josie Long has a career. It's just it's very much that kind of friend of the show obviously had to name drop someone who, who yeah. we want to promote. But you know, I really do think that the stuff they do on YouTube, it's just the most basic fucking I mean let let's have a look because we haven't even mentioned what we actually just watched by Jonathan Pye here the one that he put up several hours ago from the day we were recording this was about the joke that Louis CK told on one of his recent stand-ups yeah, I mean, what, what, one of them, I, I don't know. And uh, it's The Trouble With Woke Comedy, it's called. Uh, right. But she is a stupid woman. So there's obviously something defending Jeremy Corbyn for possibly calling Theresa May a stupid woman. Like, still, I don't still taking the view that he said stupid woman. I, I go, guess. Actually, actually, he's right. Now He didn't say stupid woman. We may be prejudging. He may give... Corbyn's side of a story some credence and obviously I don't give a fuck if someone calls Theresa May a stupid woman but that's an example of the kind of anti-Corbyn attack line that Jonathan Pye would respond to now because it's got his concerns of oh it's political correctness gone mad you can't even call the Prime Minister a stupid woman now there's been a I reckon a lot of anti-Corbyn smear stories in the last year or so but Jonathan Pye probably hasn't covered because some of them I don't don't think would play very well with his current audience who we've had in our mentions and a lot of them are quite right wing like I think that's just I don't think that's uh, <laughs> I don't think we're jumping to any conclusions there they have right wing stuff in their bio they were saying right wing stuff to us and their timelines were full of right wing stuff so you know I'm not even saying it's a bad thing although obviously it is because I'm so individualistic I'm neither left nor right wing like Clint Eastwood so you know I look kind of look down <laughs> on them. but like he's got an audience that say if he kind of was like well you know a lot of the attacks about Jeremy Corbyn being a terrorist sympathiser who loves Hamas and Iran uh, founded in a deeply rooted Islamophobia that is virtually interchangeable from the far right to cruise missile liberals. No, he wouldn't really say that because, I mean, it's shared by his fans. Exactly. <laughs> How many views do these each get? Lots. Upwards of 30-odd, 20-odd thousand per video. Yeah, I mean, hundreds of times the stuff that we get. <laughs> but you know what? So what? We don't have, we don't have a show on the BBC, do we? Now, again, this is because we've been discriminated against because we're white men. <laughs> God. Again, the Clint Eastwood analysis of the situation. Well, exactly. But According to Gran Torino. Shut up, pussy. Yeah, his videos. There's one called Just Another School Shooting. And I mean, I think school shootings are uh, really easy pickings for British comedians because you can just go, oh, America, it's mad, isn't it, that they yeah. have the guns and do a sort of variation on that Australian comedians thing where it's yeah, like, you know yeah. what we did in our country when someone shot up a school? We, we banned them. them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and it's just like, oh, wow, great... Great stuff. So I can just imagine Jonathan Pye yelling, it's fucking mental. You know the thing about guns? It's fucking mental. Mental. Looks at the camera. Uh, yeah, mental. Or what? 
oh, sorry, uh, are the politically correct mob on Twitter going to get mad at me for saying <laughs> fucking mental? Well, you know what? Some things are just fucking mental. <laughs> just like, like American gun laws. You know, the thing about guns, yeah? They hurt people. <laughs> and then You're the paying end, for that, folks. You're and, paying for uh, that. And then and the license end, fee. he'll break the fourth wall and he'll go, fucking stupid cunts or something. <laughs> he'll do... He does his... Ricky Give G- me a fucking beer. He does his high-pitched, semi-cockney Ricky Gervais, but he goes, fucking hell. It's the real, real. It's the real, real. Policy. It's the real, real. Which sort of brings us to what we watched. Yeah. It was an hour long. It was him essentially in America during the midterms, wasn't it? Jonathan Pye's American Pie, which he says at the start, hedging his bets very quickly. It's a shit title, isn't it? Because they've, they show him planning out this Ed Balls in America, Ed Balls' Travels in Trump Land style documentary with his BBC people. It's all a bit sub the thick of it. In fact, you know what? It's sub that show that's sub the thick of it, W1A. He even says W1A at one point, which is just like the thick of it set in the BBC, but even meltier with like no edge whatsoever. <laughs> well, we pointed that out, weren't we, that... In the opening of the show when he's with his producers yeah you do get that thick of it vibe from it don't you and stuff. you do and I don't know if you've ever heard of this show there's a, there's a little show called The Office as well that was quite um, I don't know if you've heard of The Office it's, it's a little show a little show that, ha- that was played in the early 2000s well, you know a lot of people say of The Office's creator Ricky Gervais you know prefer the early stuff me I disagree and I think you know Jonathan Pine might be in the same boat as me in that it works like humanity stand up special Life on the Road, Special Correspondence. I mean, these are the comedy works that have defined a generation of Jonathan Pye YouTube videos. Invention of Lying. Invention of Lying. Oh, I mean, that's mid-Gervais. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. I'm, so talking, I'm talking late Gervais. Yeah, it's, it's sort of the crossover point, isn't it? Invention of Lying. Yeah, I mean, it's shit. I'm not, I'm not going to... In fact, the, be- <laughs> the, best, the best scene in that film features Louis C.K. The best said about it, the better. Also Philip Seymour Hoffman, but Louis C.K. When's I Love You Daddy coming out? Probably never. Um, <laughs> anyway, let's uh, let's continue. Back to Louis C.K.'s arch defender, Jonathan Pye. In what I think was a very uh, Andrew Doyle-heavy video, material-wise. But this Jonathan Pye's American Pie thing. We watched it. We, just we now. did 58 minutes. Just under an hour. Mm. I don't know what it was really trying to do. It didn't know really what it was. It's a combination of, he wants to do a bit of the Ali G stuff, where he traps people in interviews, but it doesn't do that. It's not it as just, good as Ali G. It, no way near as good. It's not it, as good just, as Borat. They just have straight conversations. It's not as good as, uh, as Look Who's Back, the reincarnated Hitler in that. So it kind of borrows all those mockumentary tropes, not just from The Office, but from Life on the Road. As I say, very late Gervais influence, if we're talking auteur theory and mm. who the real are, the artistic marks that have been left on it, this work. It'll sometimes cut to outtakes and stuff. Where, where he's going, fucking hell, get me the fuck out of yeah. here. Stop fucking filming yeah. you. He's yeah, calling a camera person a dickhead or yeah. getting into fights for with shit the people he has on. Like yeah. yeah. Did yeah. you think any of the conversations he had with people were real and unscripted? You couldn't really tell. I think you could with some of them. I some think of them we, you knew when they were getting a bit more heated that they were scripting that part. I think the scenes, the two scenes where he interviewed the white nationalist, 
that's actually that guy. That, that, that guy's legit. That was yeah. just him interviewing a white nationalist. Yeah, literally. The other one though, where he's speaking to the BBC North America and editor, uh, what's his uh, name? That was, I think, real because it was yeah, so boring. They didn't. There was no jokes in it. They just talked about politics. They're just like, so. Do you think Bernie could have won? I mean, Pi does. He basically comes out as a Bernie could have won guy, but. He thinks that Bernie could have won because Hillary was too focused on identity politics. So it's not that she's a pathetic, piss-weak, cruise-missile liberal who doesn't give a fuck about the working class and has actively fucked them over many times. It was that she had too many things on offer for women and black people and Hispanics and LGBT people. And that is the conclusion he reaches. Are you pissed off about your student loan? Tell me how in ten or less emojis. <laughs> and that's the thing, actually. I'm trying. I'm really, yeah. I'd be trying not to not to get pissed off at the whole Jonathan Pye thing because I'm I'm so tired after watching fifty eight minutes of Jonathan Pye of performative anger. <laughs> you know. The thing is, though, he didn't actually get as mad as he can do in some of his well, videos. Because he's not angry. He's doing it's really a boring performance. And there's a lot of the looking at cameras as well. Doing yeah. the Gervaisisms are there as well. Aren't Fucking they? hell. A lot of Gervaisisms. And there's even there's little elements in there where they try and give his character a bit of background where he's not seeing his son enough or seeing his family enough. Mm. And it, it doesn't know what it wants to do. Yeah, he, he's, he's, a, he's putting, a deadbeat dad in it, isn't he? Yeah. And I see another kind of Clint Eastwood sort of very much. I think he's probably oh, influ- influenced yeah. by the same films we all we do are. an Eastwood episode. Not now. No. We're talking about not funny films. Yeah, the re- unlike the research Carina. never stops, my friend. I'm always devising that thesis <laughs> in my head. Kate! Kate! I was thinking of moving to a kinder, more gentle climate. I thought I'd talk it over with you, being as you're the only family I have. Luther, you don't have me. Kate. You know what it's like to be the only kid at show and tell who got to talk about visiting day? We never see each other anyway. And we haven't seen each other since Mom died. That's a year. Look, you chose your life. You had that right. You were never around for me. Fine. I have no plans to be around for you. But I mean, it took me a while to cotton on to this when watching it. But there's a kind of character arc throughout it in that Jonathan Pye, he starts off as very intolerant of opposing views. You know, the hard left, who, of course, uh, in, in Pye world, liberals and the left are interchangeable. So he's a kind of smug liberal journalist a character and he just cannot tolerate opposing views he famously will not tolerate any dissent he oh, really? he wants oh. to uh, tighten his control sideline opposing voices yeah sounds a lot like uh the left well precisely <laughs> and exactly then what the left want to do as it goes on you know he finds common ground with the white supremacists because i shit you not he's like i also think that free speech is under threat it's like, yeah, for the same reasons. You both think that people don't have the ability to save a racist and sexist and just appalling things, but they should, you know, that they, they want to. The best part is when that white nationalist he interviews is saying, oh, no, you know, white nationalists are actually very different from white supremacists. Yeah. Until he then literally peddles out the views that both white supremacists and white nationalists hold. Yeah. And how he agrees with them. Like, I believe in an ethno state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And also Jonathan Pye is just presenting because he's explained to us how no platforming is not the answer and you've got to take on these people. So you're sort of revving yourself up like, how will Jonathan Pye demolish this guy in the bipartisan marketplace of ideas? And he's just like, well, I find this quite offensive. I don't agree with you. But, you know, free speech is under threat. So I guess you have a point and they shake hands. And this is his second interview with him. He goes off and interviews him and nothing fucking happens. So he goes back again. Look, there he is on the stand-up show we're watching now talking about us lefties. <laughs> and I wonder if Andrew Doyle wrote that line, you know, mid-churning out dog shit for Spiked. Oh, undoubtedly. So he's, he's talking about following people with opposing views on Twitter. This is actually true. He did follow us on Twitter when we called him a cunt and I kept soft-blocking him and he kept following us again and I just kept soft-blocking him until he gave up. <laughs> So, Jonathan, if you're listening, we can play the game again if you want. So the, the, the blocky, blocky, softy, followy, blocky, knifey spooner. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's one for the real politic heads there. He's, he's up late at night in his travel lodge when he's travelling from show to show. He's like, he's fucking... Yeah, I'm just trying to do me. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> they follow me everywhere I go. <laughs> They're enduring their insults. He's talking now about the Guardian's obsession with gender politics. You know, I, I mean... <laughs> What about, you know, let's name a few people at The Guardian and Hadley Friedman, Suzanne Moore, Matthew Dancona. Uh, their gender politics appear to be in as a rigid binary based upon what one you are assigned at birth. <laughs> Great gender politics. Christ. Yeah. So, I mean, if Jonathan Pye is against those, then fine. But I, I don't think that's what he's talking about. I think he's talking about The Guardian articles, but it's just like... This really obvious, gratuitous example of sexism is sexist. Where you just kind of like, yeah. <laughs> and Jonathan Pye isn't like, yeah. He's like, for fuck's sake, I really enjoyed watching um, uh, Clint Eastwood's 1984 film Tightrope. Which <laughs> a very sexist film we watched last night. Yes, it's uh, sexual politics were... Uh... It, um, that's not the right phrase. How do you say it? It's, uh, it's, um, it's, uh, you, you have the milk. milk. I don't know. It's a very problematic film. It's a problematic film with brutal sex murders, as the back cover of yeah, my Blu ray copy says. The, the back cover of Tightrope, starring Clint Eastwood on Blu ray, is incredibly descriptive and gets really into describing what happens in the film. Yeah. About kinky sex and stuff like that. It's uh, <laughs> lured by the promise of kinky sex. Yeah. Clint Eastwood is a cop again. Rodri, but absolutely fucking loved it. Yeah, it's like 3.5 out of 4 stars for me, but that guy was, was the biggest Clint apologist in the world. <laughs> I stand in his shadow. The writer of Beyond the Valley of the Dogs. Yes. <laughs> Should have written a film for Clint. Anyway, um, let's get back to Jonathan Pye, because oh, God. people might be listening to this thinking, like, why the fuck do these guys just keep talking about Clint Eastwood? You'll get your episode one day. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, in Jonathan Pye's American Pie, before I became aware that there was a certain character arc of him learning to listen to dissenting views, I thought there was a real inconsistency. Because, of course, there's Jonathan Pye, who goes on YouTube and shouts a sort of version of 
whatever Andrew Doyle wrote in Spiked that week. And then there's Jonathan Pye, the character who is supposed to be a kind of portrayal of an elitist, out-of-touch, snobby liberal journalist who's just kind of getting a bit sick of it all. And he expresses a lot of snobby, elitist, liberal views throughout, such as when he asks a guy who's talking to if he seriously voted for Trump, and the guy says yes, and he's just like, fuck off, and then gets in a... And a, a verbal fight which is clearly scripted with him and then at the end Jonathan Pye meets this guy again and they have a drink and he asks him why he voted for Trump <laughs> and the guy is like oh, I've seen people from the Midwest fucked over so many times and guess what he's actually very reasonable about yeah, it my dad was a veteran and like yeah he was saying stuff like that wasn't he like- because Jonathan Pye as Nancy Pelosi would say, reaches across the bipartisan marketplace of ideas and the two of them find some common ground, you know, just like Jonathan Pye did with the white supremacist over freedom of speech. Oh, sorry, white nationalist? Yep. Right. Don't confuse the terms, Jack. You know, the, you know, yeah. the fine line between a white supremacist and a white nationalist. Supposedly. Well, uh, as supposedly. Jonathan Pye gave the guy airtime to explain. Yeah, uh, but, but Jonathan Pye, he's expecting us to say, oh, you shouldn't be giving that Nazi airtime. He knows why he shouldn't. I'm sure he understands the wisdom of not giving Nazis a platform. So let's not even insult our listeners' intelligence by thinking Jonathan Pye needs that laid out to him. Yeah. Uh, because our listeners certainly don't. They're aware of that because it's yeah. basic shit. Um, so Jonathan Pye, the conclusion of it, just before he has the kind of touching final scene where he goes and meets his Trump voting mate in a bar, is that Trump kind of... <laughs> Trump? Uh, yeah, what's the difference? Pye kind of makes the subtext the text all right so you know in platoon at the end when charlie sheen in voiceover is like oh vietnam it's almost like there were these kind of two guys as (laughs) represented by willem dafoe and tom berenger in this movie who oh god sorry he's just complaining about how he's not allowed to say quote-unquote coloured people on this but yeah you know at the end where they basically say it's like we were being pulled into two different directions in Vietnam as clearly represented by these two characters in this film that you've just seen for two hours it's basically like that he just kind of comes out and he says I think the Democrats blew it and you know I think Bernie could have won but at the end of the day, it's just because the Democrats basically, Trump said he's a nationalist, he's for America, and the Democrats were like, we represent you if you're black. We represent <laughs> you if you're a woman. And I'm sure you can find many people suffering issues of marginalization and oppression in the United States who don't think that the Democrat Party suddenly turned into this fucking clarion of the <laughs> oppressed when Hillary Clinton won the nomination. He's he's complaining about woke he's talking about the word woke and he's just said the phrase woke later he's a boring man right he's a boring man an Um, ugly man with horrible greasy hair ill-fitting suits which is probably the idea i suppose did he sit down and watch humanity and thought i should take this on stage I should take Jonathan Pye on stage. Yeah, well, as I say, late Gervais is clearly very inspirational on him. I think now Jonathan Pye has won the respect of Ricky Gervais because I think they sort of bonded together over the dog sea kyling thing 
along with you know other reactionary comedians such as David Baddiel, they all kind of agreed that him teaching his dog to see Kyle when he said gas for Jews, wasn't it? That that was very, very funny. He got the dog to perform a Nazi salute. And Jonathan Pye kind of got a few headlines by defending that guy, but frankly he was fairly unexceptional in the comedy world in that regard. This thing on the fucking stand-up show. Uh, yeah, he's thing. going on basically about how you know the words <laughs> for people... They keep changing, you know? They keep... Things in society keep changing. You know, I don't understand why all these Koreans gotta move into the neighborhood. Well, I moved here in 1958, it was all white people. <laughs> Damn barbarians. Oh, jeez. roll over in his grave if you could see his lawn now. Milk. I have to move into this neighborhood for. What else happens in the episode? Because, again, we describe Jonathan Pye, American Pie, as being kind of just like a grab bag of kind of trying to do a bit of everything. Bit of this, bit of that, bit of Gervais, bit of thick of it, bit of, bit yeah. of uh, Ali G, Borat. When he goes... Bit of Hitler in Look Who's Back. Yeah, when he goes to that little convention where it's a combination of Republican and Democrat Yeah, Democratic it's like stores. the Melt Convention. It's like a bipartisanship. The event It's like, yeah, a festival of bipartisanship. It's like the APPG in our play. Uh, there's this stall which is an empathy stall and it's for people on different sides of a political spectrum to come together and learn to yeah. to empathise with each other. Now Jonathan Pye goes along and this guy who I will say before you start picturing like some alt-right dude, or this doesn't of course rule it out, he happens to be black he is talking about, well it seems to me that you're triggered by these opposing views and Jonathan Pye's like, oh yeah I guess I am yeah, and the guy's like, listen you just gotta listen to the opposing views and i've got to say if it's a liberal thing this empathy tent yeah it is that's what it's called the isn't it? dumbest fucking most misguided attempt at reaching across the aisle reality probably just exposing dipshit gullible liberals to conservative views they wouldn't otherwise necessarily be open to then yeah it is the stupidest thing ever in that case if it's a conservative project it is a genius grift and I actually have a huge amount of respect for it because they have identified that liberals are these kind of like gullible assholes who will just go along, oh yeah, yeah, you know me, uh, some people, uh, they think being a liberal is reading The Guardian and The New Statesman. Uh, well, me, I'm a real liberal, so I like to see what the other side is saying. I read the Daily Mail and Der Struma. That's like the liberal perspective. So if a bunch of conservatives have realised this and thought, oh, let's set up an empathy tent where we can get a load of stupid liberals to come along and just be like, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, I'm, see, look, I'm a nice guy and I just think we, you know, need to have a, a white ethno state, you know. Yeah, then, they're a vessel, aren't they? Then a bunch of liberals will go out and saying, you know, I'm personally, I'm not in favour of a white ethno state, but, you know, I'm... Uh, Pitch the to idea see. to me, and as I'm long as to see the benefits. As of long it. as it's an evidence-based policy, you know, uh, I am willing to have a case made to me. There's a think tank for our right? They get the papers to assume. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was trying to work out from which angle Jonathan Pye was satirising the empathy tent. Was he saying like this is some dumb shit because he seemed to be looking disapproving? Then I realised no. 
that's the character Jonathan Pye, who is struggling to listen to opposing views. Actually, the real Jonathan Pye, Tom Walker, and his co-writer Andrew Doyle, I think, think that this Empathy 10 is maybe a little bit naff, actually quite a good idea, because <laughs> the abiding message of the mockumentary is just like, hey man, just stop and listen to what the other guys are saying. You might find that actually, at the end of the day, they are quite reasonable. <laughs> Do you get it yet? Do you get what he's Do trying to say? Get it? Hitting you over the head with a fucking hammer. So, it was a one-off, and we're lucky for that. Jonathan Pye, unlucky. Unlucky? No, Jonathan Pye, incredibly lucky. What an absolute chance that he has done well for himself. He's sort of found a combination of several popular elements from different comedy shows of the last 10 to 20-odd years. Yeah, the sweary, politics-related guy. In yeah. the thick of it, the bitter, injected... whiny cunt, Ricky yeah. Gervais. Exactly. And he's injected that into this concept which briefly worked in three minute portions. And he's got his opportunity on BBC Free. Him and the spiked writer don't really know what to do with it. And it really comes off. And I don't think this is going to get a fully commissioned TV series. Well, I hope not. I, th- I think it will. Because, uh, I mean, after a one-off show, <laughs> he is now it was ranting about steam by the end of it. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it was very little steam to start with. He's now um, in the stand-up show ranting about cultural appropriation. It's so fucking demented. Uh, it's, yeah, it, I mean, it's fucking mental. This it's, is it's such demented, right? Stuff. And it's it, like, yeah, so and it's fucking. it's so totally aimed at that four channy like r slash incel, you know, fash Twitter kind of audience. It totally is. I cannot see how the majority of young people are gonna be like yeah you know what has really been grating on me it's the fact that i can't call people colored people anymore that is literally an issue faced by 88 year old playing 90 year old clint eastwood in his new (laughs) film the mule (laughs) go watch the mule folks now you're just gonna learn how guys talk you just listen to the way Martin and I batter it back and forth. You okay? You ready? Sir. All right. Let's go ahead. How you doing, Martin, you crazy Italian prick? But genuinely, Go watch more Clint Eastwood. Genuinely, that is not a problem I have had in my life, but I've been like, damn, you know, I really want to call these people coloured, but it's not the preferred nomenclature. Mm. It's not an issue. Oh, he is, by the way, in the stand-up show, just told the people he's criticising for believing in cultural appropriation as a concept that they yeah. should read some books, starting with... <laughs> Can you guess? Um... What? what would, what's an important book to read if you want to kind of understand about the PC loony left anti-free speech SJW cuck warriors? What's next? <laughs> no, 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 no. What's good, good left? Guess. Not, not what's left by Nick Cohen. No. <laughs> like, I said, 1984, I could... obviously. Oh. There's literally a Sorry, read some effing Orwell section in his fucking stand-up show. I didn't realise we had to go all the way back to the daddy of it all, Orwell. <laughs> <laughs> Melt traitor grass. Communist grassing motherfucker. Is it cultural appropriation if I listen to Donna Summer? 
what I was going to say about Jonathan Pot is he's one of those people right now who's peddling this idea that the left are doing something that they're not. As in the idea of, you're walking around now and people are going, hey, you're assuming my gender and you're doing this and you're doing that and I'm being no-platformed and I'm being this and I'm doing... Yeah. This environment doesn't exist. It's, 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 it, this, these are the grievances of people who are imagining this shit in their own head yeah. and they, they obviously get back home from the outside world and like, oh, what I would say to them if, oh, this imaginary group of people who hold these views. You know, it's just a manufactured outrage at nothing, absolutely nothing. That the, 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 These are things they're making up in their own head that are supposedly issues that they're being denied in their freedom of speech. Yeah. What the fuck are they going on about? And he's jumping on that bandwagon now, basically. Yeah, he, you know, he is. I just can't imagine thinking a comedian who goes on stage and takes the piss out of political correctness is like this daring, hilarious thing. I'm pretty sure Andrew Dice Clay was going like 20, 30 years ago. Clint Eastwood, he talked about political correctness in a new Esquire magazine interview. Here's the quotes. Everybody's getting tired of political correctness. Kissing up. That's the kiss ass generation. I'm sorry, I used that word. Yeah. Generation we're in right now. Everybody's walking on eggshells. He adds, we see people accusing people of being racist and all kinds of stuff. When I grew up, those things were not called racist. But he says, he just said he's a true liberal, which of course means he's a fucking melt. And Jonathan, Jonathan Pye, Jonathan Pierce. Yeah. Pierce. He says he's liberal and a socialist and uh, also a, a dipshit, I think, who, who isn't sure what either of those things are. There's a kind of fourth wall breaking bit here behind the scenes of the pie show. What was I just saying? Yeah, I think the issues he talks about, you know, people are like, oh, Mr. Pie, you've just triggered me with with your cultural appropriation. Oh, Mr. Pie, you just mansplained to me. You know, these are kind of issues that are probably really, really troubling issues to you if you make your living as an edgelord stand-up comedian who deliberately tries to make provocative jokes because that is your persona. These aren't really kind of the things that the average person, the thoughts that take up their day, like, oh no. This is because, and they think it's what average people are thinking. Because they the think thing. the average person is just like this meat-headed sack of shit who just wants to sit around, like, you know, yelling racial epithets at the television all Absolutely. day. They think everyone's Walt from Gran Torino. Get up. Get off my lawn. Listen, old man, you don't want to fuck with me. Did you hear me? I said get off my lawn now. Yeah, I mean, we do a show where we just go on and we say stupid and sometimes kind of... kind of intemperate and, and abrasive stuff. And we rarely, for a show entirely aimed at generally quite politically correct people on the left. We <laughs> rarely get them kind of coming at us. And of course we have at times because we're human and we make mistakes. But this is not something that kind of consumes our time even. And that's the world this we shows inhabit. Exactly. But this is what... These people have a platform where they can make a fucking like 
their idea of kind of rallying against it is ignoring when they're being told they're in the wrong. Yeah. And just carrying on with it anyway. And but just what, being like, oh, fuck it. I, you know, what the fuck I'm being denied my freedom of speech. Oh, what the fuck <laughs> does Jonathan Pye know about the fucking left? About politically correct people? Well, he says he's on the left, what, Jack. He, he, said, he said he's a social <laughs> truth. But no, but, well, no seriously, what the fuck <laughs> does he know? Like, his people are like Andrew Doyle, the Spike Magazine bellends, and the Koch brothers who fund Spike Magazine. You yeah. know, it, it, it's like, those are his people, not people on the left. He does not know what the conversation on the left is and i think when it turns against him and when people are making fun of him i don't i don't think he likes that likes when the tables are turned i think you know josie long said something critical of him and he, he threw his toys out the pram you know oh yeah he's a, multiple he's a very sad and tragic individual i think really very much so and doesn't like being called out on it and yeah doesn't take it too well so Closing thoughts on Jonathan Pie, American Pie. Um, fucking hell! Stop fucking recording, mate! Jesus Christ! I didn't know you were recording! Oh, you've got to record! I'm so disappointed with you right now! I'm really angry! Oh, I'm so angry at Jonathan Pye! Oh, oh, he's got me really angry because I'm an elitist liberal and I'm triggered by Jonathan Pye! Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, exactly. You see, I'm using it ironically. Breaking the fourth wall, you know, I'm copying all the stylistic ticks. I'm so angry right now! Fuck! Stop recording! Fuck! My final thoughts are go watch The Mule with Clint Eastwood. <laughs> yeah, do that. do that. Thank you for listening to our review of Jonathan Pye, American Pie. Hope you've enjoyed it. And we'll play you out with this little ditty. Enjoy, and we'll be with you next time. Goodbye. Cheers, everyone. Thank you.
it's tech, it's exciting, it's young people, it's crowdsourcing.